A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. listening to talk sport and this is talk wrestling with your host alex mccarthy thank you so much for joining us on a week where we have so much wrestling to get into and a huge interview with the man himself AEW's first world champion and overall legend chris jericho you're listening to talk wrestling Thanks, guys, for joining us once more here on the Talk Wrestling Podcast. Of course, I am Alex McCarthy. Will Gavin is absent uh, once again this week, but we've just got busy schedules. That guy is being sacked with NFL, of course. They're coming over to play the London games at the moment. And before that, I was doing Tyson Fury's fight week. Before that, it was Anthony Joshua's fight week. It's just been a little bit mental to be honest with you. So things are beginning to settle down a little bit now. We've got the November WWE UK tour coming up. And of course, there is full gear for AEW as well. There's a lot on the horizon, a lot to look forward to. And as I mentioned earlier, we're staying busy. We've got some interviews on the way today. Chris Jericho in the house ahead of his big match on Rampage with American top team. A match that sees former UFC champion Junior DeSantos in the ring for the first time. He's with the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and they are taking on the inner circle. Jericho, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. We get into why Jericho did that, what the thoughts are behind putting that match together and the story that's playing out as much more. He goes into you know the the uh, labors of Jericho. Did you know Chris Hero was meant to be one of those guys or was considered? I didn't until Chris Jericho told me um, why it was Juventud Guerrera. Uh, was Lance Storm considered? There's a lot, a lot to get into there. So, yes, please stay tuned. Give it a listen. Half an hour of Chris Jericho goodness uh, coming up after I get into some bits and bobs of news. Just going to give you a quick roundup. Not going to dive too deep into things this week, but uh, I did want to put a few bits of news your way. Uh, speaking of Jericho, we do know that the rampage for Friday night. So WWE decided to go half an hour over where they put Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, which would clash with rampage. Tony Khan's rebuttal to that was to have Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki do a rampage buy-in which would serve 
in the same time slot as SmackDown. So this tip for tat stuff is going back and forth. But Tony Khan has been very, very combative this week. So if you get a chance, guys, watch both shows this Friday. Let us know what you think. Um, I can't wait to see both play out, especially Danielson and Suzuki. Um, we have some news today from Andrew Zarian. who said that The Rock and Roman Reigns could be delayed for WrestleMania 38. It looks like that it could be 39 in Los Angeles instead in 2023. The Rock was kind of slated to be a summer uh, Survivor Series this year, the 25th anniversary of his debut in WWE. But that's not going to be the case anymore. Apparently, Young Rock, his hit show, is getting its second season filmed in Australia while Survivor Series is happening. And that is where The Rock will be. If you can't get back, they're talking about the setup for Roman obviously being different. But they're just saying that there's a lot of people that are really pushing for it to be in Los Angeles. We understand why Rock being the biggest draw in Hollywood and all of that great stuff. So it's interesting to see how that one will play out. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Rock fan to anybody who knows. So I'm eternally hopeful that he'll be coming back at some point. Mm, I do believe the Roman Reigns is the last match there is for him. And I did think it would probably be in Dallas at, at 38, to be honest, just because the head of the table story has been running so well and so hot. Why not? But on that note, does Roman keep it until <laughs> 39? Does it you know, have like a two and a half year reign just so that it can stay in the story with The Rock? Ah, I don't know. It's a tough sell as much as I love Roman and I do. Um, which brings us on to other news that apparently Roman is also WWE's top merch seller at the moment. The far, the biggest selling heel of all time, if reports are to be believed. So WWE probably think they're on the right track with this feud, but it's hard to say. It's hard to say if they will keep it going. But whenever Rock and Roman can get together, it's still going to be a huge deal. I just think the timing would have been amazing for next year. But alas... You don't always get everything you want in that department, do you? Speaking of Tony Khan earlier as well, he did comment on Bray Wyatt. We know that his 90 days isn't up yet. And Tony said he hasn't spoken to Bray uh, or Wyndham Rotunda, as he will be known, since his WWE release. So nothing imminent on Bray Wyatt coming to AEW. But Tony Khan did say that he, very strangely quoted, he knows Bray Wyatt in personal life. That's a quote. Um, so, you know, they're, they're friends, I guess, or they've spoken before. So it's not to be ruled out where Bray Wyatt uh, Wyatt will end up, sorry, but impact of course are meant to be strong suitors for him as well. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. And the last bit of news before we get into Chris Jericho, TLC is not going to happen this year, guys. That's out the window. December 12th, WWE have cancelled that pay-per-view, according to Dave Meltzer. There will be no pay-per-view in December. The December pay-per-view, or what would have been in that slot, is going to go down on the 1st of January, and it's going to be called Day One. You heard that right. Day One. <laughs> From the same people that called Rex Steiner, Bron Breaker, Day One is the pay-per-view. Um, so essentially, there'll be two pay-per-views in January, because, of course, we get the Royal Rumble at the end of the month as well. So. TLC out the window. I don't think that's a bad idea overall, to be honest with you. I'm I'm not a lover of the gimmick pay-per-views. I don't think it helps feuds and storylines 
to arrive at Hell in a Cell or TLC and you just have that match because that's the event. I much preferred it back in the day when you had, you know, an Armageddon or a Judgment Day. And then you get your Iron Man matches, you get your Hell in a Cell matches, you get your ladder matches, whatever. They all happen at organic points, you know, wherever the feud dictates that it should go. I don't buy into this. Well, it's the event, so let's have this match. I don't even think the Elimination Chamber, that's something in my room crashing around. I don't even buy that the Elimination Chamber should be on the road to WrestleMania because I think that actually takes away from the luster of the event. We can telegraph a lot of what the title matches are going to be at WrestleMania by the time we get to the Elimination Chamber. So to me, a lot of these gimmick pay-per-views either need to be restructured and put elsewhere or they need to be gone completely. I think Extreme Rules, Hell in a Cell and TLC can all go by the wayside and you could just have those matches scattered throughout the year to make for a much more exciting and unpredictable product. I think Money in the Bank still serves its purpose. Of course, Royal Rumble. Let's not be ridiculous here. Um, and I think, you know, I did actually like Money in the Bank once upon a time at WrestleMania. I really did. But now that you have several on the show because it's men and women's, I don't think it works the same. Um, you'd have to have it on its own event. So I think that's okay. But as for Elimination Chamber, I'd like that later on in the year, although I do like the Elimination Chamber match. I just think it should happen either later on in the year or just organically when you have six people in a title hunt, which isn't often. Um, and yeah, I don't see a problem with taking away these gimmick pay-per-views. I really, really don't think that they help. But moving on, we have Chris Jericho in the house. So let's get to what the demo god has to say. It's 30 minutes of Jericho goodness. He does not hold back. And we talk all things of his career in AEW at present. Um, especially his upcoming bout with American Top Team. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, as I say, thank you, Chris. The almighty Chris Jericho, I said it, right here again on TalkSport in the UK. Uh, so much, so glad to have you with us. And what a week to be talking to you, man. WWE Extend Smackdown. Now we've got Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki. This back and forth stuff is 
Well, it's an amazing time for a wrestling fan. What, what do you think about all the moves being made? Really don't know much about it because I really don't pay attention to, to anything that's going on other than our show. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that WWE's extending SmackDown and, and, and whatever else you just said. But to me, the most important thing is it's the debut of former UFC champion uh, Junior Dos Santos in, in, in the ring, in an AW ring. And I think that's probably the biggest story of the week as far as I'm concerned, especially with Jorge Masvidal in their corner. So um, mm. glad to see there's lots of buzz going on with everything not involving Chris Jericho. But in the words of Chris Jericho, I really don't give a shit about anything that's not going on. That's not Chris Jericho. So I've got enough to worry about this week as it, as it is. <laughs> well, I'd love to get into that too. I mean, Masvidal, by the way, he's taken on a compatriot of mine now. That's been uh, made official, Leon Edwards, at UFC the next month. Is he going to make it, Chris? Because if he gets into it, I mean, you might have to. And he's already laid that knee on you, man. Well, once again, I think that's something that's very unique here with what we're doing with American Top Team and Dan Lambert and AW is the fact that these are like not retired UFC guys. These are guys that are still in the thick of things and still in the mix of what's going on. And I think probably Masvidal is one of the biggest names in their sport uh, in the world today. And like I said, uh, and the fact that Junior is actually having the match with us as a former UFC champion, it's a whole different thing for me because I've never really been on that side of it. I remember when I first got to WWF, you know, a thousand years ago, I worked with Ken Shamrock briefly, but this is a whole different vibe. And it's something that when we started doing this story with America's top team and Dan Lambert, I was really kind of uh, interested and intrigued because it is something completely different. There's nobody else in there doing it with, with, you know, the UFC guys. And of course with Dan Lambert, who's just a complete natural when it comes to being an asshole, a complete natural when it comes to getting heat to the point is last week when we were in Philadelphia, I could literally not hear a word he was saying um, after he kind of stepped in with, with doing kind of the promo battles and all that sort of stuff with Chris Jericho. So once again, as soon as we started getting involved, I thought, what can we do? What can I do to make this guy super hot and super hated? And we've kind of made that work right off the bat very quickly. So it's going to be really, really cool to see Jorge in there, man. I mean, yeah, like you said, the knee he hit me with was, was pretty vicious, um, but I wouldn't expect anything different. You know, these guys are not trained pro wrestlers doing tackles, drop downs, and leapfrogs. They mount you, they punch you in the face, and they knee you in the in, in the cranium. And that's kind of what you're what you what, what you're buying when you get these guys involved. So uh, it's a little bit more dangerous, but it's really cool. It's exciting, and more than than anything else, it's something that's never really been done before. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into Junior DeSantos in a minute, but just harking back to Masvidal and that knee. I remember listening to you talk about, you know, when you was in there with Tyson and him trying to pull that punch and being, you know, who wouldn't be bloody terrified of that. Um, with Masvidal, was there any kind of discussion before? Like, oh man, or are you just going to, right, see where the chips fall? Well, I mean, that's basically it. See where the chips fall. Because the thing is, yeah, I mean, those guys are, are tough, but I don't know, there's nobody tougher in the business than 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 than, than wrestlers. So it's one of those things where, you know, how bad can it be? <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been knocked out by uh, by a lot tougher and I've been knocked out by a lot less. So, um, it, you know, I remember the story when, when when Paul White was was in his WrestleMania angle with Floyd Mayweather and just said, punch God, me in yeah. the face as hard as you can. And Mayweather broke his nose. And it's like, well, you know, it sucks, but it's kind of what we do. And it's part of. Of, of, of how we do our business. And, you know, with Mike Tyson standing there getting ready for him to take a, 
a swing at me 10 years ago in Minneapolis, not knowing what you're going to get, you are pretty crazy. So it was the same thing with Mastodon on his knee. I've, I've seen him knock guys out. I've seen him beat, you know, Ben Askren in five seconds with that knee. So when he's coming across the ring, charging with this, it's almost kind of like Kenny's V trigger, except for this one has legit wins behind it. So you just kind of, you know, grit your teeth and hope for the best. And, and if, if it gets people involved in what we're doing and it gets people involved in the story and it adds to, you know, eyeballs watching, well, then it was all worth it. Uh, didn't feel too good the next day, but um, once again, there's nobody crazier than me as it is. So I don't mind. I'm ready. <laughs> and you'll be ready for DeSantos, my man, this Saturday. I mean, it's, it's a crazy one when you think about it, you know, like you said, no experience, of course, extremely decorated in all the things that he's done. Right. Is that the, are these the kind of challenges that really excite Chris Jericho at this point, right? Like, you look at this and you think, man, I could make something out of this. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of been my mindset for years now. Like, um, I have a lot of people saying, like, when are you going to wrestle CM Punk? Or when are you wrestling Kenny again for, you know, Jericho Omega 3? Or, or when are you and Sammy going to go for the titles? Or whatever it may be. Those things are all there. And of course, I'm like, I watched Danielson and Omega in New York City and go, holy shit, was that ever amazing? Like, it was. was so great. I would have loved to have been a part of that. But there's also, you know, the thing that we do in AEW is there's something for everybody. I like the fact that we're in there with this whole group of guys that really has no idea what wrestling is. Every week they're in there and you can see them almost starry eyed because it's different from being in the cage. Now, if I was in the cage with them, it'd be, I'd probably feel the same way where you're like a little bit, this is a little bit out of my element, but we're, we're working, you know, with them to put on the best show possible. And to me, I like that. I like doing stuff that's a little bit different. Um, there's a lot of guys having great matches in AEW on a weekly basis. There's nobody that's facing these UFC fighters and kind of corralling them and harnessing them to, you know, we have to put an AEW pro wrestling spin on it. And I think we've done a great job of that. I mean, you know, when they did the original beatdown in New York city, I think people were a little bit shocked as Mm. to what was happening. But then when we came down and did the, did the run in last week, Jake and I with Sammy and, and kind of turned the tables. I mean, you heard the reaction. It was crazy. It was absolutely insane with what, what kind of a, a response that we got. And then when Lambert started talking as well, and that's to me where I'm like, okay, this is working. This is fun. And I'll go out on a limb and say, there's probably not many guys in the business who could get complete strangers over that level very quickly but I know what I'm doing as far as what I'm dealing with and the, and the pieces of this puzzle. So uh, yeah, it's very intriguing for me. It's very exciting. I love the fact that Lambert is probably the most hated heel in AEW right now. Um, and he's working with Chris Jericho. So that's no coincidence. So it's been a, you know, I like having a story to tell and we know kind of where we're going with this. But with Junior, once again, he's never been in a wrestling ring. And, and I don't want him to come in as a trained pro wrestler because that's not what he is. He is an MMA champion. That's why he is in the position he's in. So we'll have some, 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 some training sessions, not with me, but with some of our guys that are, you know, the Sean Spears of the world and those type of guys that run their own wrestling school because obviously we want him to feel comfortable inside the ring. But the last thing we want is, like I said, tackle, drop down, leapfrog, drop kick. I want, you know, punch the face, punch the stomach, maybe hit the ropes once or twice, learn a few kicks, something like that, just to be uh, aware of his surroundings. But Hmm. overall, it's exciting. And I think it's going to be a great, great uh, night on Friday with something completely different. That's going to be pretty exciting as well. 
Yeah, couldn't agree more on all of that. And I think you said it there with Dan Lambert and American Top Team, pretty fascinating how they're integrating. You know, they've got like people like Paige Van Zandt who could easily transition. Do you think there's a lot of potential between Dan and his troops into AEW? Absolutely. I mean, Paige is part of the story. I remember the first week she came out and I was like, well, we need Paige here next week. And I was like, are you on her there? I'm like, she's part of the story now. She's Absolutely. And she's a natural. Exactly. Like, you know, you can see right away. Okay. That guy, his stuff looks great. This guy's into it. She feels the character part of it. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't even really have to do anything. I, I said to her last week, just come out and act like a bitch. That's all you got to do. <laughs> And she did, and people are booing her. And, and I think everybody loves if you if you get it, everyone loves being the bad guy. Where like, oh, they're so cool, they're booing me, and you know, they're you know telling me that I suck. And uh, you know, you can't get that in UFC. You're not going to get that. You know, you're 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 just going to get more of a sports environment where we have the whole, you know, kind of fan involvement and fan reaction, which is second to none, especially in AEW with our fans. So um, I think they're feeling that and they all come out of the ring and been super stoked and excited after that was so great. This is awesome because it's something different for them. Um, and, and they're embracing it as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's not easy to be a, a pro wrestler, to have a career in the business and to really make it to the top and become one of the best. Um it's not easy to make one appearance, but it's a little bit better if you can help somebody relate to it the way they relate to what they do. Like with Mike Tyson, he's perfect for wrestling because we always keep him as Iron Mike Tyson. He's a loose yeah. cannon. He does whatever the hell he wants. And, you know, whenever Mike's around, people go, you know what you should have done? You should have had him come down and confront MJF and MJF then disappears. And then it's like, no, you guys don't get it. Iron Mike Tyson is going to do what he wants. If you have Iron Mike and MJF confront each other and Mike's had enough or doesn't want to do it, he'll just punch him in the face and there goes a whole storyline out the window. That's what we want. And the same thing with the American top team and, and Junior Dos Santos and, and Jorge Masvidal. We want them to be themselves and still have that connection to the MMA world that they have, which is what brought them here in the first place. We'll do the rest as far as getting that over in a pro wrestling uh, environment. Yeah, I love what you said earlier as well about, you know, you love a story and that's been true as anything in AEW, right? Like from Orange Cassidy, and we just saw one coming out with MJF as well. I do want to get into that quickly because I really enjoyed the, the trials uh, of Jericho. And, I, you know, a lot of people had different thoughts. Like, oh, my God, it's like, yeah, Labour's, my apologies. They were like, <laughs> oh, you know, it, it, is it like a retirement tour because he's getting all of these stuff in? And, and it just turned out to be a great story in the end, man. Like, talk to me about handpicking those opponents, you know, like who played a role in that? Was that, was that well, I mean, just I, all I, of you? This is one thing I always love about being a storyteller is everyone thinks they know what's going to mm. happen. And then when they think they know in their minds, it manifests and become a thing. So if the story takes a left when they were expecting to go to right, they're like almost, almost disappointed. And it's like, you're not telling the story I am. And if, if it went the way that you could predict every time, well, then it wouldn't be much of a fun story. Would it? Uh, it would be your story, not mine. So the labors of Jericho obviously comes from uh, the, the, the Greek mythology and Hercules uh, when he was uh, facing the, the, the Manator, the Minotaur on the island of Crete. And he had to go through these labors of things he had to survive to get to the next level. It's, a bit, it's like a video game. And I just thought that'd be a great way to do it. Kind of what we did with Moxley in the inner circle to where uh, he had to beat all the members of the inner circle before he got a chance to go in there with me. And then we brought in Jeff Cobb one week as a little bit of a, of a switcheroo. And the original idea for Max was for me to go through the pinnacle, pinnacle to get to MJF. And then we kind of thought, what if we switch it up a bit? So we started with Sean Spears, which um, 
if you go back and look through the story, it all kind of tied in together, you know, um, you know, Spears was the one who lost the stadium stampede. And there was a lot of kind of little spear Spears seeds planted. And then I'm not sure if it was MJF or whoever said we should do Nick Gage. And I had just done the dark side of the ring narration on Nick Gage. I never heard of him before in my life did the narration and got really fascinated by this guy's story and thought that would be really cool to do like a death match, you know? And yeah. then, so if we're going to do a Nick Gage, well, well, let's do another kind of, cause the idea was always Wardlow would be last because Wardlow was always built up as, you know, as, as, as the bodyguard of the pinnacle and, and the tough guy. And if you remember Wardlow's the guy who power bombed me off the stage when the pinnacle first became a thing. That was the seed that was planted then months prior. I think of everything long-term. So mm. Wardlow was always going to be last. So once we did, we did uh, Gage, well, who else could we be? We had some ideas of being Chris Hero. Uh, one of the ideas was maybe one of the inner circle, like Sammy or Jake. But I thought that's so lame. Like there's no way that we, we had never turned on each other ever. And suddenly MJF is going to manipulate us to turn on each other for what? Like there's no way that would happen. I just didn't feel that at all. Hmm. And then somebody suggested Hooven too. And I thought, well, that may be kind of fun. Like I haven't worked with Hoovy in years. It was a big rivalry 20 years earlier on WCW. So let's do, I'm not really much of a nostalgia guy. I don't like wrestling guys from my generation. And usually because we've seen it before. I've never wrestled Matt Hardy. I've never wrestled Christian Cage in AEW and I never will. Uh, but I thought Hoovy would be good because we haven't seen him for a while and it could draw a good number on the main stage. Hoovy's back. So as soon as we announce Hoovy, then suddenly it's like, oh, it's Jericho's retirement tour. Next <laughs> week, it's going to be Lance Storm or next week, it's going to be, you know, Shawn Michaels or next week, it's going to be, you know, whoever. <laughs> and it's like, it's not a retirement tour. Like, that's so stupid and so obvious, right? And there's no way I would do two of those because then it would take away the specialness of the Jericho Hoovy. If Lance was going to be in the position to do this, it would have been in the Hoovy position. So mm. it was always going to be Wardlow at the end. I know some people are like, oh, it's Wardlow. But then when you see the story, like, well, of course it's fucking Wardlow. Who else <laughs> is it going to be? It's this whole year-long story that we've told from beginning to end, and every piece of that story made sense. So, yeah, it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. I thought all of those matches were great in different ways. And it led to match number five where everyone thought, okay, Jericho's going to win. And not only do I not win, not only do I lose, I lose by tapping out via submission. doesn't get much more uh, uh, concrete of a loss than that. And then where do we go? And then you continue on the story. So it's fun kind of telling the story where people know what's going to happen, except they don't know what's going to happen. And then they get still are intrigued and involved along the way. Yeah, couldn't telegraph any of that, which, uh, again, adds yeah. to the absolute fun of it. Um, you know, the other thing I like to touch on here is I know, you know, as an amazing performer you are, I know you're involved behind the scenes in AEW as well, and you've taken that kind of, you know, senior role, if you like, behind the scenes. And I know this, I've spoken to Britt Baker, she, you know, reveled praise on you uh, and how much you've helped her, Sammy, of course. Uh, I'm just intrigued with, like, you know, this influx of people recently, like, like Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, CM Punk, like, are you playing a role in, in helping them come in? Um, you know, or what's it been like to welcome them in? I mean, I think my, my role is just to be there if, if people need me. And I, I have been very integral. If you talk about the four pillars of the company that Max talked about, I mean, the whole concept of, of, of the MJF Jericho inner circle pinnacle was twofold. One, 
Well, threefold. One, to tell a great story. Did we think it was going to go a year? No, it did go a year, and I'm very proud of that whole storyline. One of my favorites I've ever done. But the whole goal was to get MJF to the next level and to get Sammy Guevara to the next level and all the other you know bells and whistles that goes with it. And we did that in both cases. Yeah, look how that's going. Uh, and then you, <laughs> you throw in Darby and Jungle Boy. I worked with both of them probably week three, week four of AEW. And taught them a few things that I think they still use. I know Darby for sure and Jungle Boy. Little tricks that they learned in, in week three or four or five of Dynamite that they're still using now as they're two of the top stars in the company. So obviously when Punk comes in, when when Danielson comes in, those guys are legit, you know, WrestleMania Hall of Famers, ex-world champions. They don't need the same type of advice that I could give them. I can help them along in AEW if they need it, but they'll figure it out pretty quickly. Adam Cole you know, he's still a very young guy with not a lot of main event experience. Yes. The NXT, but big league full focus experience. I think he's still kind of, uh, you know, very excited to be there. He's a guy that, that I could probably help out a bit, uh, due to his experience level. Now he's a lot of experience, but not a lot of experience at our level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy just kind of watching and, you know, I have people all the time coming to ask me for advice you know, um, I ask advice too of some of the people. I mean, I, I don't do whatever I want. Tony Khan and I write my storylines very closely. Obviously, he has the final say. I'll come up, he'll come up with a template. I'll come up with a template. He approves it. I change it. He changes it. We're all together working in tandem. So anybody that comes in our company, that's how we work. And, and when I do end up working with those guys, which I'm sure I will at some point, then I can kind of give my side of the, of the coin. They'll give their side of the coin and we'll create some beautiful magic. That's kind of what we do in AEW. And I can't wait. Uh, speaking of which, I cannot wait. I know we were meant to get Fight Fest 2020 was meant to be here in the UK. We know why that didn't happen. Stupid world. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, man, things are opening back up. Certainly here in the UK, we can run arenas and stuff now. Yeah, every week I get people asking me, when are AEW comes to the UK? I don't know, Chris. I'm hoping you know something, brother. Have you got any kind of inclination, hopes? Give us I mean, something. That, that, that's kind of out of my pay grade. I mean, I do know that we just saw a, a WWE tour in England. I know that Fozzie's coming to England in December. And I know that we're almost 100% sold out the whole tour. Like wow. 14 gigs or whatever. So that, that's a good barometer. Like people are waiting to see us again. Um, obviously with the connection with Tony and Fulham uh, and, and his relationship in the UK, I mean, we have a place to go in the Craven cottage, um, mm -hmm. you know, a stadium show. I think it's just a matter of time. I would say probably if I had to guess probably in the summer when all, uh, all questions are gone, you know, I, I think once the cons start going to England to attending some of those games, that's a good indication. Cause I don't think they've been to the UK since, uh, and like I said, I'll know more when we go over there in December, just exactly what the climate is. But it seems now that all of these, I know even for the Jericho cruise, which is on October 22nd, 21st, there's a lot of international kind of travel issues. They're all gone November 1st. So it seems to be all opening up. And when it does, I would say in the summertime, probably fire fest, fighter fest, uh, this next year, 22, mm. if I had to guess, don't make this a clickbait, but if I had to guess, <laughs> I would say Fighter Fest uh, 22 will be in the UK. Don't worry, that's the tweet. Chris Jericho guesses. 
Don't worry. That's right. I w- exactly. <laughs> um, but I do. Yeah, you just mentioned the cruise, man. Congratulations on all your. You got so many things Thank going you. on. Um, Thank you. It, it's incredible. Um, what, what's the wrestling looking like for that? Do we know yet? Are you going to be recording stuff with AEW there, or how, how are things looking on the cruise? I'm actually having a meeting with Tony tomorrow. I know there's going to be an AEW camera crew on. Uh, we did Dynamite last time. This time, that's not going to happen. But I think there will be lots of AEW uh, of the matches recorded uh, for different you know, outlets. We've got four shows between Elevation and Dark, uh, obviously Rampage and Dynamite. Um, Like I said, the cruise is meant to be one giant party. That's what it is. It's been a little bit more of a, of a hassle getting it out on the water this time with all the, you know, issues. But once we get on the water, people are going to remember just how much fun it is. And I'm excited too. It's the first uh, and maybe only uh, Alliance of Orange Jericho, uh, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho tag teaming for the very first time. And that's what the cruise is just a unique, uh, experience where you're going to see things that you've never, you won't see anywhere else and just have a great time. So we've got a great roster, lots of great bands and comedians and so much stuff to do. It's just a blast. Actually, we, we always have a great contingent of UK guests. That's not as much this year, obviously because of the bands, but uh, I think we're going out again early next year. And I expect uh, to see a great collection of UK people because they're just completely nuts and always have a great time as well. So uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun and we just got to get it back out there, film it. And I think it's going to, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Can't wait to see what comes out of that, man. Uh, Just a couple more before I let you go here. Thank you so much again for your time. Um, I I associate you as someone who is, you know, you've done amazing to stay so fresh for so long. We know about 30 years of Jericho. You reinvent yourself so well. I'm curious about your interpretation of Cody Rhodes's character and the reception he gets right now. I mean, obviously there's a plan in play and all of that stuff, but he was like the hottest baby face ever when you were facing him, right? 2019. He was was the hottest baby face in wrestling at that point, I think. Um, And now here we are through, you know, whatever means, but some of the fans are tired of the character. What, what do you make of all of that and where they're heading with him? Well, I mean, this isn't a revelation, you know, it's something that happens in wrestling all the time. And when you get a guy like Cody, who's very successful and he's got kind of the perfect life with a perfect wife and a little new daughter, and he's branching out into Hollywood with hosting shows and, you know, uh, hobnobbing with Snoop Dogg and Shaq. (laughs) I mean, of course, there's always going to be a a little bit of a a kickback to that beauty of it is this is pro wrestling. So we, we take it as far as it goes and then decide where to go from there. I still think Cody, Cody is a great baby face, but uh, much like his father was a great baby face, uh, one of the best ever. But if, if the time comes where he has to make a switch, I'm sure he'll have no problem with that either. Um, you know, the, the best thing with our company is we don't do knee-jerk reactions, and we aren't um, you know going to change something just because a few weeks of booze happen, shall we say. But overall... I think that it just makes for a great story. And the worst thing that can happen for a wrestler is silence. Um, When you have people reacting, whether they're booing or cheering, at least, you know, they're into what you're doing and that's the most important thing. So yeah, if they're booing Cody, let's see what happens. If it becomes a thing. I mean, John Cena got booed for years and never changed. Roman Reigns got booed for years before he finally changed. So there's no rush for us. Cody's a great performer. He's a true pro. And either way, he'll make it great. Now, being a long-term Jericho fan, as I have been, uh, I have a question because I was at WrestleMania 33. I saw yourself and Kevin Owens there. Um, and I, I've always been curious, right? Like, 
We saw the documentary where Vince McMahon wasn't happy. Well, so he said to Kevin Owens. Do you know why? Like, did you get any feedback on that? Because I think a lot of fans were kind of stunned by that reaction in the documentary. Oh, the reaction of what? So Vince McMahon was told oh. Kevin Owens that he was unhappy with the match, right? It wasn't for him. He, he said it was the uh, worst. He told Kevin it was the worst match in WrestleMania history. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, I, I, I never heard anything about that. When I came through, Vince went... So uh-huh. I think he was on Kevin's case at the time. I think he thought he was going through a phase where maybe he thought Kevin had some extra weight that he wanted him to lose or uh, wasn't happy with his work as a heel. Uh, you know, Kevin is a very unique performer in that he's amazing. You know, he's a bigger guy. Who cares? You know, Mick Foley was a bigger guy or Vader was a bigger guy or Bam Bam Bigelow was a bigger guy. Didn't affect their work. They were still great, great performers. And Kevin is one of those guys. So for whatever reason, Vince goes through phases where you just get stuck in his craw and he's pissed off at anything you do. And maybe that was one of the reasons. But yeah, the, the worst match in WrestleMania history. <laughs> I was like, have you not seen Giant Gonzalez versus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the finger on the rope. I liked it. All right. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And, then, and then the next match that we had, the following pay-per-view was amazing as well. So mm-hmm. um, I wasn't happy with that match because they had us on second on WrestleMania, which was the writing on the wall that they didn't care about the feud because that was one of the best feuds that was originally supposed to lead to the main event of WrestleMania. And then it ends up on second. And I just knew that this is time. It's time for me to go little. Did I know that I'd be gone forever seemingly, but uh, that's how it goes. Mm, man. You, you said it. Uh, the, the final one I've got here for you, Chris, just before I let you go. Um, you know, you said earlier about retirement and although I'm not, I'm hoping it's not happening. You said retirement. Soon, you said, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You I did. You you're right. I said it vicariously through the internet. Right. Sorry. Um, but, you know, it's funny how you look at, you know, people's last matches. Like, you know, Austin's ended up being with The Rock. Um, you know, you look at Kurt Angle ended up with Baron Corbin, Takers AJ Styles, you know, Ric Flair had Shawn Michaels. In a way, I think it's important. You know, you look at that list, take it as you will. It's important who the last man is. It can certainly for a significant career, as is yours. Do you have any ideas like, you know, you probably wouldn't reveal exactly who anyway, but I mean, like, is that important to you who the final person no. would be? The, the final story no. doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Cause if you look at my career, it's always been making great stuff out of whatever I've been given. Uh, it's easy to go out there and have a great final match with Shawn Michaels or the undertaker. Uh, it's easy to go out there and have a great final match with, you know, these great, great workers. And, and to me, I, I won't even know when it's my final match, you know, yeah. and whether, you know, it, it, for me, it'll probably be someone like Marco stunt. We'll go out there and have a great match and tear the house down and I'll go, you know what? That's pretty much it. Um, I, I don't have any real thoughts about it. Uh, obviously at 50 years old, I know that, that the time is short, but who's to say how short it is. I still, uh, have great ideas for stories. I still feel that my stuff is some of the best stuff on the show. Uh, the ratings that I draw are still high. So I know I'm not wearing out my welcome, so to speak. Uh, so to me, when I start feeling like I'm not Chris Jericho, uh, if I start feeling that I'm kind of 
demeaning my legacy, then I'll stop. But I'm not at that point right now. And I'm actually really having fun and very super motivated and super inspired by what we're doing by AEW. Uh, and the last thing I would want to do is, is take myself out of the game at this point when we're, we continue to grow at such a huge level. I want to be there when we come to England. I want to be there when we go to Canada. I want to be there when we get our first 2 million uh, uh, rating, 2 million people watching the show. And to me, I, I feel I'm still a very integral part of the show uh, and have been since day one. So I'm really enjoying it. I dig it. I love AEW. I have no plans of going anywhere else or doing anything else uh, in the wrestling business other than being right here. Uh, I'd like to go to Japan one or two more times if it's an AEW style show i'd love to work with suzuki over there or will osprey i'd love to do a tag team with kenny omega in japan i think omega and jericho versus tana and okada uh is, is a tokyo <laughs> dome sellout Jesus, um, yeah. so i have all that in my back pocket so i'm just working hard on on staying in shape on having great ideas and just contributing at the highest possible level and when I feel I can't do that, then I will retire. But it's not going to be this big retirement tour or final match. And if it is, it'll be because the storyline dictates that. But I don't need that for my ego. Um, I'm happy just to disappear if I need to disappear. Amazing stuff, Chris. Thank you so much Thanks, for man. your time today. Um, I you know, can't wait to have you over in December with Fozzy. Looking forward to it. Good luck on the cruise. Good luck against you in the Santos. You've got so much going on, man. Admire you greatly. Thank you, Chris, Cheers, for joining man. us. Love the UK. Looking forward to coming back in December. That was the ever-awesome Chris Jericho. I'm Alex McCarthy here on the Talk Sport, Talk Wrestling podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, I can't wait to get back together with Will on a regular basis, which we are planning to do in the coming weeks ahead of the WWE shows in November. And then hopefully we're back off and running in 2022 with a lot more live stuff coming. Uh, thank you to Chris Jericho for coming on the show. We do have many more interviews in the can and some exciting stuff coming up. So make sure you stay tuned. Alex M underscore TalkSport on Twitter. That's where I post a lot of the articles, clips, news, you got it. You name it. That's where it is. And talksport.com forward slash wrestling is, of course, where you can read and sometimes view the content. Uh, until next time. Thank you so much for watching. Not you're not watching. Thank you for listening to Talk Wrestling. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. 
Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.